Some of you are faith-filled and some of you are just sweet, <laughs> all right? We're talking, uh, we're starting a new series this week and we'll do it over the next couple weeks, but on perspective, okay? Does anyone have any idea about what perspective is? What you got, Danny? It's, it's how, it's like a point of view. A point of view, okay? Uh, Coach, you can keep going there. I dug up some things that uh, broke the internet. Well, before we get to those... Um, in junior high and in high school, I took an art class and like an art history class. And this was high school actually, and this is one of my favorite artists. His name is M.C. Escher, that's spelled E-S-C-H-E-R. And he does these really cool graphics. You can go to the next one. He's an amazing artist and the way he draws things, um, it makes you think, it makes you pause and think like, which hand is drawing which hand, right, okay? And then I dug up some things that might've broken the internet. How many of you remember this? Is the dress blue and black or gold and black? Did any of you see this? How many say gold and black? Anyone gold? Team blue? Okay, we'll go to the next one. Survey says, remember this? Was it a pink and gray shoe or a gray and teal shoe? The, the coloring is a little bit off, but literally adults around the world were arguing, no, it's a gray shoe, it's a pink shoe, okay? So, um, the next one, what do you see here? A dog or a bird? Let me duck. How many of you see a dog? How many of you see a bird? How many of you see a dog? How many of you see both? They say, listen, researchers say that if you see both in this picture, you didn't wear enough deodorant today. So I don't know. Just kidding. All right, let's move on. All right, this one you've got to listen to. This one is new to me, and it's do you hear Yanny or Laurel? So coach is going to play it. Be quiet so everyone can hear it, and then we'll vote at the end as to what you hear. Go ahead, coach. Oh, so sorry. Wow. 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 Here we go. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's good, because otherwise I'll be saying it all day in my head. We walk around, Yanny, Yanny, Yanny. All right. How many hear Yanny on that? How many hear Laurel? Hands down. Let's keep moving. All right. Everyone say, shh. John Piper, who's one of my favorite preachers and authors, said this. God is always doing 10,000 things in your life. And you may be aware of three of them. And this all goes back to perspective. I did an experiment with my eighth graders a couple weeks ago. And um, I said, okay, leave the classroom. And they just looked at me. I said, come back in. And I want you to make a list of at least three things that are wrong with this classroom. I learned a lot that day. Apparently what I thought was a nicely, coolly decorated classroom is actually trash, okay? So I obviously need a major overhaul, all right? Uh, but because they were looking for the negative, it was no problem for them to come up with the negative, okay? So John Piper says, listen, God is doing 10,000 things in your world every single day, and it's for your good, it's for your benefit. But if your perspective is off, if that's not what you're looking for, you're going to miss it. Here's another quote. 
Stephen Furtick, also one of my favorite preachers, he said this, your perspective will either become your prison or your passport. If you have a passport, it gets you places. You can go to other countries. You can explore other lands. You can eat new food. You can climb mountains, okay? And, and so the idea is your perspective, how you see things, how you view things, will either trap you into prison or it'll be a passport that takes you places, okay? So we're talking today about perspective, and I think the next one has my scripture on it. Mark chapter 10. Turn to 10 if you've got your Bible. Send the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We're going to dig into this. It's a story that most of you, if not all of you, are familiar with. Okay, And it says this. I'm reading in verse 46. Yes, 46 through 52. It says this, And they came to Jericho, that's Jesus and his disciples and the crowd that was following him. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. So how convenient to talk about a blind dude when we're talking about perception, perspective. I keep mixing those two up. Perspective, okay? So here's the breakdown. We have a blind dude named Bartimaeus. Back in Bible times, in that culture, blind people were seen as outcasts. They were the chatter of the town. As a matter of fact, everyone in town would say, I wonder if it's because he sinned or his parents sinned. They viewed ailments um, and physical sufferings and sickness as a direct result of sin, whether it was that person's sin or that parent's sin. We've all been talked about in that way, right? Well, if they would just fix their attitude, right? Does that feel good? No. And so back in Bible times, they were seen as outcasts. And uh, Bartimaeus was completely dependent on others around him for what he needed. Okay? That's one half of the story. The other half of the story, we have a large crowd following Jesus and his disciples. Now, if anyone should have understood the heart of Jesus and the motive of Jesus... And what he was trying to accomplish, who should it have been? His disciples, right? I mean, the dweebs are hanging out with them all day long. They're experiencing miracles. They get to be a part of some of those miracles. And they don't get it. At least in this story. Because it says that Bartimaeus cried out. And and I guess they're so caught up with Jesus that they miss the obvious. 
Because, see, when people are hurting and when people are sick, the easiest thing we can do, the best thing, is to pray for them. Right? But we miss that all the time, don't we? So we want to sit around and talk about it. Well, I just heard Coach Bird ain't sick. She's just staying home watching Netflix all day. Right? We miss it. So the disciples and the crowd following Jesus missed it. They're so caught up with Jesus that they're not even connecting the dots. Like, oh, there's a blind dude here named Bartimaeus. I bet Jesus could heal him, right? And it says that when he cried out, they rebuked him. They silenced him. They're like, shh, don't bother him. Guys, those ought to be the first people that we're bringing to the feet of Jesus. Right? Jesus is no respecter of persons. There, everyone belongs at the feet of Jesus. It doesn't matter what your story is, what your ailment is, what your imperfection is, what your history is, what your family is. It doesn't matter to Jesus. He loves you. He loves all. And he constantly wants to help us and to heal us and to upgrade us. And so they try to protect Jesus from this outcast crying out. And then they have to eat a massive slice of humble pie. It's hilarious. They're like, shh, shh, quit bothering him. Then Jesus stops, says, go get him. Can you imagine how hard that was for them to go over there? And they say, hey, cheer up. He's calling you, <laughs> right? It's kind of like when your parents force you to hug your brother or sister after you've gotten in a huge fight, right? They're like, I'm going to make you wear the same T-shirt until you figure out how to get along, right? It'd be awkward. And so here you have two different perspectives. Go ahead, coach. Two different perspectives. The disciples and crowd, their perspective was... Don't bother Jesus. He's too important for you. Don't bother Jesus. He's too important for you. That's pride. That's pride. You and I act in pride when we think that God is good enough and kind enough to save me, but not to save my enemy. That is wrong. The gospel is for everyone. Jesus' blood that was spilled out is for everyone. Okay, so that's perspective number one. Perspective number two was Bartimaeus, a blind man. He said, I will do whatever it takes to get Jesus' attention. I matter to him. So same story, same characters, same thing is happening. And we have two different groups of people. One who's an outcast and says, I matter to Jesus and he can help me. And then Jesus' followers who were like, hey, he don't care about you, homie. Go on with your pennies and breadcrumbs. Two different perspectives. And, and this is why perspective matters. Because your perspective is determined by your position or your posture. And your perspective influences everything that you experience in life. Go ahead, coach. Here's some of our lenses. I, I, brought, uh, I brought some little fun things today let's see what we got oh yeah i love these glasses i look good in these glasses these glasses are labeled fear and some of us look through lenses of fear we're afraid of everything we're afraid of covid we're afraid of bad grades we're afraid of our teachers we're afraid of coaches we're afraid of our friends we're we're, we're afraid of all the things and, and when we live by fear when we look at life through a lens of fear we're gripped by anxiety. When we're gripped by fear, our view of God becomes smaller and smaller. 
Now, can I see through these glasses right now? Yes. But can I see clearly? No. 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 So fear says, uh, I'm afraid of everyone and everything. I'm anxious. Oh, I like these ones. These are fun to put on. Yeah, these are my anger glasses, right? My anger glasses. And they look cool because when I'm angry, I'm in control. And I'm a ticking time bomb, and any little thing is going to trigger me. And that's all I've known because that's how my family is, that's how my home life is. And so I just learn to be angry. And so when I wear these glasses, these lens of anger, I filter everything through anger. No coach can talk to me because they're just all over me all the time. No teacher can write me up. Psh, they just have it out for me, right? I'm a ticking time bomb. Our lens of anger says that I'm a ticking bomb. Little things trigger me into fits of anger. I can't control myself or my temper. Oh, this one. A lot of us wear this one. Doubt. Gee, I don't know. Is God real? Is the Bible true? Does God really love me? Is he really for me? Does he really have a plan for my life? Gee, I think today I want to follow Jesus. Uh, I don't know. I don't really like what he told me to do yesterday. I think today I'm going to do my own thing. And scripture says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. See, for a lot of us, the reason our lives are unstable is not because God isn't holding up his end of the deal. It's because you're double-minded. You wear these glasses every day and you filter everything through these lenses of doubt, refusing to grasp anything of God or his word as absolute truth. God's word is absolute truth, whether you believe it or not. Let's see, got some others in here. Oh, my personal favorites. I'm in love with myself. That's right. Me, myself, and I, sweetheart. It is all about Tara. That's right. It's all about me. And so I filter everything, the way I look at life, the way I look at my relationships, the way I look at my playing time on the basketball court or not, the way I look at my grades, is through a lens of me. It's all about me. And sometimes that's a really positive thing. Sometimes that's a really negative thing. Here's what I mean. When it's a, quote, positive thing, you think you're the bomb.com. You're the best. Nobody could come close to you in your academic achievements, your athletic achievements. Come on, real talk. None of us are actually walking around saying this, right? But it's how we act it out, right? I saw yesterday. I, I saw yesterday. Two people argue over a basketball in a pregame warm-up because someone made the shot. And they're like, hey, give me the ball. And the other person's like, no, it's my ball. Like, I'm going to shoot. I need to warm up too. That's pride. That's pride. You're looking at life through a lens of me because what I also saw was another player who saw what was happening, and he came up and he just handed his ball to the arguing athlete. <laughs> See, that person wasn't wearing a lens of me. That person was wearing a lens of humility. But you and I, we often walk around with our lens of me, myself, and I. It's all about me. You're entitled. You are owed things. You deserve a break. You deserve grace. You deserve some slack. You don't deserve nothing but the cross of Christ that he took for you. The same is true of me. 
I don't deserve a thing. I don't deserve God's love. I don't deserve God's grace and mercy. I don't deserve salvation. There is nothing you and I could ever do to earn his salvation. There is nothing you and I could ever do to earn his grace or his mercy. But as long as we put on these lens that are labeled me, myself, and I, that's how we view things. And that's why you're disrespectful to your parents, why you're disrespectful to your teachers, to your coaches, because it's all about you. And it's not about you. Now, here's the negative way that this happens. When I wear these glasses, I compare myself to everyone. Gosh, I'll never be pretty like Mrs. DeWater. My hair will never look, look good as Mrs. Piles. I'll never be cool like Mr. Stevenson. I'll never be funny like Mr. Merriman. I'll never be a baller like Coach Bird. I'll never. And you just spend all this time and all this energy, which we all know I have cooler hair than Pyle, but don't tell her I said that. Oh, hey, Mrs. Pyle, sorry, these were messing up my, my vision. <coughs> but we compare ourselves and measure all the ways that we think we fall short. Take off the glasses of you and see clearly. See clearly that God made each one of us different. And we all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. We all have gifts and talents. We all have things we're terrible at. But see, you can see clearly when the glasses are off, when the lens of me, myself, and I are off. I'm the best or I'm the worst. Me, me, me. All right, I got two more here. Ah, it's a loaded one. Rejected. These are my rejected lenses. Uh, when, when I wear these, I look at everything through past experiences. And I say things like this. Because my own parents didn't love me like the way I wanted them to, there's no way that others could love me. You walk around rejected. And when you're rejected, you live dejected. You push people away. You build walls up to keep love out. You harden your hearts. And you're not able to receive the blessings and the love that God has for you. Sometimes man's rejection is God's protection. You're sad because that boyfriend, girlfriend didn't work out, honey? I'm 40 years old. Come on. It ain't all that. There's more to life than that. You're sad because your best friend walked away? Get, get used to it. It's going to happen because the disciples literally turned their backs on Jesus. But as long as you look through the lenses of rejection, what you see, your perspective is going to be skewed. Your vision is going to be blurred and you're not going to see things. You know, it's fascinating to me in that story, Bartimaeus, who was blind, who was the outcast. He was treated terribly. You think anyone brought him a cupcake for his birthday and saying, Happy birthday, blind Bartimaeus. No. He could have easily worn these glasses. But he didn't because when he heard that Jesus was coming by, he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I'm like, shh. Ain't nobody got time for that, Willis. <laughs> What did he do? Did he shrink back and say, oh, yeah, that was a really bad idea. Let me put on my rejection glasses. No, it says that he cried out all the more, which means he got louder. He said, Jesus, 
Son of David, have mercy on me. Are you stuck with the lenses of rejection on? A lot of the drama at the school would just be done if we would take these glasses off. If we'd stop stirring the daggum pot. If we'd start praying about stuff instead of chattering about it, man. Chatter is useless. Prayer is powerful. You want to see your friendships change? You want to see drama end? You want to see people get along? You want to see the school love each other like Christ called us to? Start praying for each other. And stop the chatter. Stop gossiping, man. All it does is make it worse. And our last pair. Our last pair. These are my lenses of pain. Man, life has been hard. Yeah, life's been real hard. Things have been disappointing. Things are hard. And when you don't go to God with those things, when you don't go talk to a counselor or a therapist or your teacher or your coach who cares deeply about you, you end up wearing these glasses. And so everything is filtered through this lens. Right? So then in an infraction that's written out of love to help you be better, it's taken as an offense. They just out to get me. Davis just having a bad day. No, I have a job to do. And I will answer to Jesus for how I spent my time here, whether it's in a classroom or in a gym. I want to be able to answer accurately. Yes, God, I was faithful. Your teachers, they love you. Your coaches, they love you. But see, when you're stuck with this lens of pain, everything hurts. There's a quote that says, your trauma or what happened to you isn't your fault or your responsibility, but your healing is your responsibility. Heal before you bleed on others who didn't cut you. Did you catch that? So sometimes the reason we act like punks to each other and we're rude is because really we're hurting inside and we haven't dealt with that. Right? Stop being triggered. I'm not justifying the fact that someone mistreats you or is rude to you. We need to address that. Just because you've been through something hard or you're hurting doesn't give you a free pass or an excuse to be a jerk or a punk. Whether it's in the classroom to your teachers or to your coaches or to your friends. But those of you who are getting those blows, understand the greater, deeper thing. Man. Johnny told me I look stupid today. Not because I look stupid, man. I look fly. <laughs> Johnny told me that because Johnny's hurting and I need to pray for him. Dear God, would you help Johnny today? Would, would you help him with whatever's going on? Would, would you maybe inspire him to go talk to the counselor or just reach out for help? Hurt people hurt people. So it doesn't matter. It matters if you're having a hard day. But that doesn't get to decide how this day plays out, right? Because, yes, I can still see with these on, but it's skewed. It's skewed. But when I take it off, I can say, wow, God has a purpose for my pain. God has a plan for my problems. God, Romans 8, 23, is working all things out for the good of me because I love him. And I can trust him. This thing isn't wasted in the hands of God. 
If you're wearing your lenses of pain, you'll never embrace the God who wants to use that pain for his purpose. But what a beautiful thing when we're able to minister to others and encourage others who have been through something similar as us because we trusted God. There's lots of other lenses we use. I just tried to come up with some great ones. Coach, is that my last one? But let's go back to this quote. Stephen Furtick said, your perspective will either be your prison or it will be your passport. You know, some of the most free people I know are people in prison. I know people in prison. I, um, there were some kids I worked with when they were six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And at the age of 15, they committed double homicide. And they're in prison for a long time for it. Now, what you need to understand is at the age of seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, they told me every week to my face, oh, Tara, I love Jesus. I'm all in. I love Jesus. So how do you get from loving Jesus to you're in prison for a really long time for doing something really dumb? Because your perspective wasn't right. You had on a lens. You know what another lens is? Victim. I'm a victim. Woe is me. Pity party me. Poor is me because I've been through X, Y, and Z. No, the victim was Jesus who endured the brutality of the cross for me and you because of our stupid choices and our selfish sin. Right? He's the true victim. He's also the true hero. See, you don't have to be the victim of your story because there's one greater who only deserves that title. You don't have to be the hero of your own story because there's one greater who only deserves that title. But if you don't deal with these things, if you don't take off the lenses, if you don't admit, man, my vision is blurry, you can't ever get there. It's the other side of that. Right? Those same kids who got locked up for... for Double homicide, which happened here in San Angelo. They've written letters. Tara, I found God again. I'm reading my Bible every day. It's incredible. (laughs) See, you can be in prison and still be more free than someone walking outside of prison. It's all about what lenses you're viewing your life through. You know what the most fascinating thing to me about this story is? Who had the better vision? Bartimaeus or Jesus' disciples? Bartimaeus. And he was blind. Blind. Legally blind. Could not see with either eyeball. He was blind and at the mercy of everyone around him who was judging him and talking about him. He had better vision of who Jesus was and the power that he had and the hope that he had in Christ than Jesus' own followers. What lens are you viewing your life through? How's your vision? What do you see? Is your perspective becoming a prison for you? Or is it your passport? Perspective is a powerful thing. It can take you places. The Bible says over and over, don't be surprised when you have a bad day because of me, Tara. It's going to happen. Endure suffering and hardship like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Don't get tangled up in all the chatter and all the drama and all the things that don't mean anything. But embrace it like a good soldier. Stand up. Keep fighting. Armor up with God's word. And make a difference. 
says that suffering produces character and character endurance and endurance hope and hope something it's really good you should look it up I'll give you a hint it's somewhere between Genesis and Revelation but basically the translation is your bad days and hardship and suffering and struggles whether it's friendship drama or boyfriend girlfriend drama or family drama or just whatever it is it doesn't have to be wasted but it's all about your perspective What lens are you looking through? Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for a reminder about the power of perspective. God, I pray that you would give us each the courage and discipline to just be honest with ourselves. And to say, yeah, these are the lenses that I'm looking through. And God, would you correct our vision? Would you give us eyes to see things the way that you do? God, everything we have, even the bad days, are a gift from you. God, help us to see that. Help us to embrace that. God, I pray that you would give us the vision of Bartimaeus, who ironically was blind, but he was able to see things deeper and more clearly than your closest followers. God, let that not be true of us. Help us to see with eyes of faith, God. Help us to be a people who walk by faith and not by sight. God bless these students. Encourage them, love on them, help them. And God, um, just bless this school. Thank you for this incredible place. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.